Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. I don't know why I did that. Felt like it. Episode 40. That's exciting, right? Episode 40. That's a lot of episodes. Uh, This week I have one of the best people that exists on the show, which is true. Uh, It's Sarah Lehman. She's the best. And I'm so, so happy to have her on the show. She's been one of the coolest people I've ever had the pleasure of meeting and becoming really super close friends with. And she lived in Oakland for a long time, just moved back to Seattle. And I've been talking to her about coming on the show for quite a while, you know, I before I even knew that she was moving back. But now that she's here, got her on the show. We talked for four hours, and it was fucking awesome. It was so great. And the conversation basically chopped itself up into three different sec- sections. So I have three episodes, which is cool. I, I know I mentioned last week she was going to come on. We're going to talk about the X-Files. And that definitely happened. It took us an hour to get to the X-Files. So that first hour is going to be the episode this week. Next week will be our X-Files talk. And the week after that is where I had a little bit of an existential crisis when we were talking together. Uh, but I, I haven't even listened back to that yet. But I'm really I'm really excited about it. It was a really great talk. Uh, all, all three of these episodes are just really great. I mean, Sarah's the best. And we she's never podcasted before. But she's such a natural. She's got a great voice. It's just a nice voice to listen to. She's so fun and funny and cool. And and we had a, a great podcast rapport, which was an awesome surprise. I should have expected that because, I mean, we, we have great rapport as people. And you'd think it would translate, and it does. So that's coming up. Speaking of episode 40, uh, I've been doing a lot of thought recently about what what is this show? What is this show? I've had an interesting couple of weeks where I've been trying out weed tincture, uh, just small doses of that to help with my migraine issues. And it seemed like it was going great at first. And then after a couple of weeks, my brain just, uh, something like tripped in my brain. I couldn't handle it anymore. Weed has a weird effect on me where sometimes it just makes me think too much. This all kind of ties into, uh, this is a long story. Why don't I tell this story? So when I was first diagnosed with fibromyalgia, my doctor explained it to me as uh, basically your brain does not know how to slow down and that can cause pain because your your brain will go into fight or flight mode because it's using too much energy just to process everyday things more so than other people. So then uh, it just doesn't slow down and then all of a sudden your brain is sending off warning signals and that can manifest as pain. And she said, she asked me like, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And I said, oh, I like to make music. I like to mix music. And she said, well, do you just like sit there and stare at the computer for hours and hours and hours and you'll never lose your focus and you can like listen into this mix that you're working on in incredible detail? I'm like, yes, you're describing how I work. And she said, yeah, that's because you have fibromyalgia and your brain is missing this gene that regulates adrenaline. So it just keeps spinning and you keep working and and you can't slow down. And then eventually do you start to feel pain towards the end of that? I'm like, yes, I do. She's like, yeah, that's because you have this thing that's wrong with you. So it was a really interesting moment and something that kind of reshaped the way I look at myself and the way that I work and the way that I think to, in order to force myself to relax and calm down and slow down my brain so that I can, you know, be in less pain and exercise helps that tremendously. But one of the interesting things is that when I smoke weed or when I take this weed tincture, which you just like drop it under your tongue and then half an hour later you, you feel the effects, I would just take like a drop and it would kind of, you know, puts me in a different headspace, kind of helps with the pain a little bit. But after I started doing it for about two weeks, what I noticed happening was that it was making my brain spin too fast and I couldn't slow it down. So after a while, just being stoned would be, I'd be hyper aware and hyper alert. 
I doesn't it doesn't chill me out at all. It just makes me like way 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 aware, and it's really great, and it's really pleasure pleasurable until I'm in that state too often. And then it becomes kind of nightmarish where it's like, oh my God, I can't slow my brain down. I can't fall asleep. Uh, and it was, it was really nice at first. And then after about two weeks, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is doing me a world of hurt and I need to stop. Long story short, I've been thinking a lot about the show and I've been thinking about this show in particular because I, I feel like I have a really good sense of what sci-fi on trial is, but I've never really known what this show was to me. I just, I knew I had to do it. I've been doing it for almost a year. It'll be a year in uh, July, I believe. But 40 episodes, like that's a lot. And when people ask me about my podcasting, I'm very ebullient about sci-fi on trial and I'm very eloquent about what it is. I'm like, what's sci-fi with Jesse Mercury? I say, oh, it's a show where I talk to people about sci-fi. And that's very nondescriptive and doesn't sum up what this show is. And then I was kind of almost embarrassed to try to talk about what it was because I just didn't know. So when people I know ask me about the show, I can get personal. Like, yeah, it's about me personally. It's about my personal experience with science fiction. And I, you know, I do all sorts of stuff on the show. But when people I don't know ask me about it, I feel silly saying, yeah, it's about me personally. That's kind of silly. But I, I had this thought when I was really stoned on Weed Tincture the other night. This show is about the, the collective experience of loving science fiction. And I had that thought and it just clicked in my brain. Like, yes, that is perfect. That's what this show is. This is about all of us together loving science fiction and what it means. And it's through the lens of me because I obviously am the one putting the show together. So that even makes the title mean something more to me. Sci-fi with Jesse Mercury. It's sci-fi for all of us with Jesse Mercury, which is me. So this is the show in which we all, we all love science fiction together. And I, I guide us through it. Doesn't that feel right? Doesn't that feel great? Oh, I love it so much. And now that's something that I feel like I could say to anyone at any moment. I think I'm kind of freaking out a little bit because I know I'm about to meet Brent Spiner and Denise Crosby as I host the Star Trek party on Friday. And I want, it to, I want to be able to say, you know, yeah, I host these sci-fi podcasts and have like a sentence for each of them. And now I can say I host Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, which is a show about the collective experience of loving science fiction. And that feels so good to say. And then I I host Sci-Fi on Trial, where we put poorly received science fiction classics on trial to debate whether they're remembered fairly. And that feels great, too. So I have this focus now. It's really nice. It took me 40 episodes to get there for this show. I mean, I had it for Sci-Fi on Trial before episode one. So I feel like that show has always had a really nice focus to it. But part of the joy of this show is that it doesn't have a very... Uh, it doesn't have that much of a focus. It needs to be broad. It needs to be able to go anywhere because episodes like today, it's not about science fiction that much at all. It's about two people who grew up loving science fiction talking about how the world works. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. It's It makes it one of my favorite episodes. Like episode, I think it was 22, The Race to Hominoptera with Andrew where we got together and we we're gonna talk about the post, um, post-apocalyptic play that he was in, but we ended up talking about just random bullshit for the, first, for the first half of that and that became its own episode. I love random bullshit with so, so much passion. It's uh, <laughs> like when Andrew said, you know, talk about Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, I will not suffer his buffoonery. I love buffoonery. It's my favorite thing. But how do, you, how do you have that within a sci-fi show? Like, how does that fit? And I finally understand how that fits. And it's because, it's because it's these people that love sci-fi. We're gathering because we love sci-fi and we're just talking about life. And the fact that we love sci-fi has shaped us as people. And that is beautiful. That is magic. The fact that, you know, Sarah grew up on the X-Files. I grew up on Next Generation. 
we're the type of people whose minds are are large. Our minds are big. And all of you are like that. All of you who listen to this show are like that. It's why this show appeals to you because your brain is so big and it fits all these different ideas and your minds can't stop spinning because all these different sci-fi ideas just get in your head and you love it so much. And that's why you love this show. I know that because I make this show and that's that's what appeals to me about it. And that's what appeals to you, the collective experience of loving science fiction. Fuck yeah, that's it. That's the juice, guys. I'm into it. I feel I feel really, really good about this show right at this moment. I, I If you listen to this a lot, you'll probably notice that I even on this show, when I mention Sci-Fi on Trial, I get a little more excited about that. But this show is the one that opens up opportunities for me, like hosting this this uh, this Star Trek gig. And then I just I just met with the guys from Dead Drift, the the indie sci-fi web series, uh, and we just recorded this amazing podcast together. We had so much fun. I'd never met these guys before. It's the first time people have come into my home and sat down with me and talked about science fiction that I've never met. I've done it over the phone with the people from Fifth Passenger. Uh, but I'd never done it in person. And that's something I want to do more of. Just having people who do cool sci-fi shit come over and we just shoot the shit and see what happens. And when we finished recording, we talked about it and like, yeah, this was this was fun. This was different from other podcasts we've done because we got to talk about other things other than Dead Drift. Of course, we talked a lot about Dead Drift, but we also talked about what we love and what gets us gets us going as sci-fi fans. That's what I care about. I want to I wanna talk to people who make sci-fi about why they make sci-fi and why they love sci-fi and just who they are as people and how sci-fi has shaped their brains. And yes, it all comes back to the collective experience of loving science fiction, the communal experience. I even, I even took a note. I was so high when I thought of this. I took a note in my phone. Let me read to you the exact wording. The sh- a show about the communal experience of loving science fiction. And I actually posted that up on Twitter to see what you all thought. And several people were said, duh, of course that's what this show's about. We know that. Why didn't you know that? And it was so funny to me because everyone else has picked up on that and I haven't. I've just been doing it and I didn't really know what it was. But it's, it's really strange to have that moment, that moment where things kind of click for me and I realize no, nothing changes about this show to now have that sentence uh, you know, a show about the communal experience of loving science fiction. Nothing changes except for the fact that I now know what I'm doing. And that makes it easier for me to, to conduct the interviews, to have, uh, to have higher quality content, to know what I'm doing before people sit down. Cause I, I had that thought before I recorded the dead drift thing. And I feel like it really helped me lead that conversation in the direction that it needed to go. And yes, I do realize that I'm using collective and communal you know, interchangeably. And I'll probably keep doing that because I can't decide which word I like better and they mean basically the same thing. So it'll be a surprise to see what I say. I'm going to try to say this at the top of every episode as kind of the uh, the rallying cry for what this show is. So happy episode 40. I know what I'm doing now. So we're going to sit down. We're going to talk to Sarah. Uh, you're just going to get to know her this week. And next week we'll be chatting about the X-Files. And next week I'll have a report for you of what it was like to host a Star Trek party. And something else is really something else Star Trek related is happening on Thursday related to this thing with the with the EMP. And I'm gonna I'm gonna experience it first before I tell you about it because I I don't exactly know what it is yet, but I'm gonna be a part of it and I can't wait. And all of that's happening because because of this show. So yeah. So this show, live long and prosper, right? All right, friends. Thank you for sticking with me. I appreciate it so much. If you want to support this show, uh, uh, patreon.com slash sci-fi project to support this and everything else I'm doing with science fiction. Uh, it's so exciting to me to be doing all of this and I really want to move it into a full-time career. I've been listening to 
Uh, a lot of talk recently on Kevin Smith podcast about how all you need is a thousand people following your work, a thousand people. And I need your help to get there. Cause we're, you know, we're, we're probably still in like the, the hundred, hundred people. Maybe I don't even know if I have that many that follow me super closely. I have like several hundred people that, that follow me, but I'd say like the core group is less than a hundred that, that look at everything that I do. I need that number to be at a thousand and then I can do this full time. So help me out. If you like the show, uh, tell your friends about it. Hey, say, hey, there's this great show. It's about the communal experience of loving science fiction. I think you'd enjoy it. That's how you can sell it to other people too. Of course, everything I do is free and I want it to stay that way. And uh, if you want to support me monetarily, Patreon is the way to do it or you can donate via PayPal. But what I really want is just you to, to share it. Just find people that you think would like it and pass it along and say, hey, check this out. And then if you're new and you're listening to the show, hit me up on Twitter at Sci-Fi Project. I love chatting with people. Um, I love just talking about science fiction. I want to hear what you think. I want to know what, what it means to you to be part of this community to love science fiction. So hit me up there. And let's learn what it means to Sarah to be part of this, to love science fiction. And I know you're going to fall in love with her. So here we go. I got you a, a lemoncello meringue. Mmm. All right. Because you're tart and you're sweet. <laughs> I'm tart and sweet? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Is that both a compliment and a slap in the face? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, let's try this. Let's try this wine. Let's try this wine. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. That's a... Uh... Oh, my God. I love it. That's really good. Oh, it's good. Mmm. Yeah. And it keeps getting better. Yeah. The longer it sits in my mouth. Yeah. That's also what she said. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, that's really good. I like it. It's not. Yeah. Um, I don't usually drink red wine. Really? Yeah. Mm, this is good. It's a, it's a Morvedra. Really 100% yeah. Morvedra, which I've never even had before. What does that mean? Uh, it's, it's. I like the 100% grape. part. Yeah. This is like, <laughs> like, you know, in Hogwarts, how there's like muggles and there's no. pure bloods. No. Oh. No, I don't know that at all. You don't know you don't know Hogwarts? Nope. What? I know. That's my next it's my next thing to do. Dude, get ready. I, I know. I just I have to wait until something is not popular and everyone shuts up about it before I can enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just it's who I am. I, I tried to get into it right when it was being all like the cool hip thing to do. Yeah. Um and I couldn't. I had no interest in it. I and I tried. I made the effort. What are you doing? I'm trouble over here. <laughs> Trying to get my microphone. You have right. done this before, right? I don't know. I've done this so many times. <laughs> Stay. And then when, when we're done, when we're done with the wine and the cupcakes, you brought these Andes mints. Yes. Because we're both obsessed with them. Awesome. Yeah. They're the only reason to go to Olive Garden. <clears throat> yeah, because Olive Garden is trash. Except <laughs> for the Andes mints, right? I, so I don't go to Olive Garden anymore because I'm gluten free. But yeah. I used to love that shit. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, everyone loves the breadsticks. Yeah. Do I need to be closer? You're good now. Am I good? You're, okay. you're fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm gluten free now, so it yep. has nothing for me. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I loved it so much. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that everyone, when they're a kid, loves places like Olive Garden because it seems 
delicious. It seems like classy, like high-end food when you're used to eating like, you know, peanut butter sandwiches on Wonder Bread. <laughs> totally. Like or, compared to McDonald's, it's so classy. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh, like there's, I don't know, tablecloths and... Yeah, and you know, waiters. They, yeah. So and they're all like dressed nicely. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever have a crush on an Olive Garden waiter? No. A waitress? No. That implies I, I went to the Olive Garden enough to like recognize a waiter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I had a crush on all of them. Well, yeah. I have a thing for people in aprons at work. It's yeah. hot. I don't know. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. No, the first time the, <laughs> the first time I saw Rachel at her job when she, um when we first met. Yeah. And she was working at Restaurant Zoe. Yeah. Iron Apron. And I was like, like damn. You're sexy. Yeah. Yeah. And even now she puts on an apron. I'm just like, yeah. Totally. I don't know why. I don't even own an apron anymore. You should, we should say one. we should say that we met at you and I met at Starbucks yes. when we worked at Starbucks together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I forgot to tell you my my uh, my rule of thumb for podcasting because this is your first time. This You've is never my done first this time. This is so yeah. exciting. Uh, you're doing great. Thanks. It's so good so Thanks. far. <laughs> my rule of thumb is uh, pretend that there's a third person in the room who, who doesn't know anything, doesn't speak, and who doesn't know anything. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So everything has to be explained. Exactly. Rachel's my wife. Yeah. Jesse and I made met at Starbucks. I thought you were going to say, Jesse and I made her, like, <laughs> the science experiment. No, no, no. I, I don't know. We did drink a lot that summer. We drank a lot no. that summer. <laughs> um, no, Rachel's a real human, not made by us. <laughs> I love it. Please be rest now, assured of that. That's now a necessary caveat. This is a person I know who I didn't make. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love how ridiculous we are this is gonna um, be this is just gonna be a tangent upon a tangent upon a tangent <clears throat> i've already forgotten what we were talking about olive garden we breadsticks were, yeah rachel uh people in um aprons yes is where this came from yeah so you said you don't have an apron i don't and i should you should get an apron I should get an apron i have an apron that's awesome yeah what is it what type of apron do you have um it's kind of like an old like 40s like flower apron nice. i don't know yeah <clears throat> That's awesome. I didn't even keep any of my, my, uh, I almost said Star Trek aprons, my Starbucks aprons. <laughs> I was gonna say, if you had a Star Trek apron, you should That would be tight. <laughs> and I would when wear, you to wear work. it, don't wear anything else. Of course but not. That. Yeah. I used to, when I went to Italy when I was a kid, I got an apron of the David on yeah. like a, on like a rainbow flag. Yeah. That I yeah. would wear with nothing else. Really? Yeah. How, Often did you wear that with nothing else? Several times. Awesome. I used to have parties where people would come over and we'd just all get naked. And there was no touching. I mean, there, we just all wanted to... We were like <laughs> okay, young. I was going to say, you know that's technically called an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You have been told that before. It was but... like an orgy with no penetration. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 And a lot of uh, just standing around awkwardly. How old were you? Uh, this must have been... Uh, like early college yeah because have i told you about the naked sportsman brigade yes okay yeah i know it was that, that crowd okay okay yeah. okay and by standing awkwardly i mean just having the time of our lives We're, there was no standing awkwardly i don't know why i said that. yeah there's like three seconds of standing awkwardly and then you just start dancing around. did you ever play twister <laughs> i feel like that could get dangerous <laughs> i don't know you should man that would be an intense game of twister if it like accidentally turned to penetration yeah 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 do not slip your left hand off of the red circle <laughs> <laughs> something bad will happen <laughs> or maybe something great will happen you uh, never know yeah you never know 
Oh my god, let's eat these cupcakes. Okay. I'm so excited. Yeah. I got you. I know. You brought me a fork. Did you want a spoon? I brought um, me a spoon because I ran out of forks. Do I look like someone who eats cupcakes with utensils? Well, I am. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to touch it and get my fingers dirty. No, the way you got to eat it is you have to... Oh, you're one of those people. All right, yeah. explain it. I'm you watching it. You break the bottom off because this part is the worst part of any cupcake muffin. It's the stump. <laughs> they did a whole Seinfeld episode over this. You should know that. <laughs> I should. Yeah. What we, season is we it? We should watch it. It's like, it's later on, season eight or... Well, then you know I haven't seen nine. it. I know. Yeah. So... Sarah and I watched through the first six seasons together, and then she moved away, and I stopped out of despair. <laughs> now she moved back, and we're going to finish. Yeah, gonna be yeah, because awesome. uh, Seinfeld is one of the greatest shows ever made, I think. Seinfeld is life. Yeah. And so is this cupcake. So um, you rip off the stump, and you flip it. Did you flip it? You gotta no, flip it. It's no, prettier. No, 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 no. I, I just eat the stump. You, you just, just eat the stump? Yeah, oh, I, th- this, this is not going it. where I thought it was going at all. This yeah. is... What a twist. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm full of surprises. You really are. Yes. Uh, you made this great face at me that no one else could see. <laughs> I don't. What kind of face was it? Let me see if I could do it. <laughs> I know. I'm full of surprises. <laughs> I really look like that. I don't know. I can't tell what I look like. I think well, so. Well, I loved it. Good. I loved it. I hope I looked like it that. It was very, very good. Surprising. <laughs> You're literally full of surprises, including that facial expression. Awesome. It was very good. How's your lemoncello meringue? It's good. Well, you're only eating the stump so far. Yeah, well, because you got to get it out of the way. Oh, okay. Right? That's why I eat it first. Okay. Get it over with. And then you have the top part, which is the best part, plus all of the frosting and all the goodness, and so that is like the best. Yeah. So save the best for last. Awesome. Concentrate all the delicious flavor into the smallest little area that you can. Brilliant. So that's just how I roll. I, on the other hand, am taking a spoon to mine and carving out very symmetrical slices in which I get some of the frosting, the head, and the stump all together at once. Yeah. And that's what she said. (laughs) I don't... I feel like that's a very practical way to eat a cupcake, but I'd rather like you look so disappointed. Suffer through <laughs> the dry stump all by itself <laughs> to be so unappetizing. <laughs> it's it's good, but you know the stump is always drier because there's no frosting, yeah. right? Um, and so I'd, I mean I would rather be rewarded with the the top and then all the yummy meringue in my case. I'm really excited to see what happens when you start to eat the meringue. Why? Why? Is it going to explode or something? Maybe. I'm just curious. curious if it's good. I always have to get the same three cupcakes all the time because they only have three gluten-free. Mm. Well, they have one. They have the chocolate gluten-free and they ice it with either chocolate, vanilla, or salted caramel. Mm. And I always want salted caramel and they're always sold out. You should go earlier. Life is terrible. <laughs> I'm going to get you a salted caramel gluten-free cupcake. Wow. I will. I was- believe you and it made me feel better. Although yeah. this chocolate one is really good. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's really delicious. But. I go to Cupcake Royale too much now. I love it so much. Is it because that girl so you have a. No. No, I'm over that. <laughs> good. I'm over that because I actually. This is so creepy. I found her on Facebook and she has a boyfriend. So. Oh. Yeah. But also Bummer. because I don't know her and I don't actually. 
Like, I'm not, like, actually interested in someone I don't know, you know? I just think she's cute. <clears throat> well, yeah. Like, I'm I mean, not going to... My mom called me. She's like, oh, what, what's up with the cupcake girl? I'm like, nothing. I was just telling a story about something that happened, you know? I'm not going to, like, go. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think that... I think that it's totally worth going because... Yeah. And, you know, just seeing what's up because you never know. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's how Rachel and I met. Rachel, by the way, stalked me at work. I was there. I saw it. I know. Thank God she stalked me. I was like your, I was your wingman. My wingman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I got you married. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's the only time I've ever really forayed into wingmanning. (laughs) Maybe I should do it more. Maybe I'm just good at it. Yeah. Maybe I'm Yentl and I just don't know it yet. I think, yes. Yeah. 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 I think you should do that. I could just open up Jesse Mercury's (gasps) matchmaking merriment mo ma. You're just making noises now. I just wanted something with an M. (laughs) Management. Yeah. Services. No, I don't know. Yeah. I lost it. Um, I think that you should do that. I'll be, um, I'll be your manager. I'll be like your personal assistant. You can, uh, you can be in my first commercial. You can like be the testimonial. (laughs) (laughs) How's that meringue? It's really good. You want just like a little scrape off the top? Yeah, always. Yeah. Well, let me you finish this spoon some. of chocolate. Yeah. I love making people eat on the podcast because listening to people eat is disgusting. And it, Isn't it? It's so funny to me that that I I don't know. <clears throat> that I, you force people to do something that's disgusting? Yes. You like, you control freak. Yes, maybe. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Because, you know, like back in Mugatu, Dan always used to like to challenge the audience. Mm-hmm. And I was always so against it. I was like, no, just, you know. Make it make it a warm, welcoming environment. And then I make people eat on my podcast just to challenge the audience. Yeah, yeah. Also because, like, food just makes you talk about fun shit. Like, the time Andrew came on, we ate bananas. It was really fun. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love eating. I think food should be a part of just everything, always. Mm-hmm. I think that it's just, like, one of the greatest things that... Because food brings people together, too. Like, if you're eating, like, suddenly everyone is all, like has some like commonality you know yeah we're all hungry yeah deep down we're all hungry i'm starving <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm going in here going comes the meringue. the meringue whoa what a surprise <laughs> so you know what's funny hmm. it's hot in here are you warm i'm warm yeah it's really warm yeah. i'm gonna open that window um well, let me tell you this first, because right. I typically really don't like lemon. Really? Or meringue. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> but it's actually really delicious. Okay, and I good. thought, oh, man, he just got me the worst cupcake I could ever imagine. Besides, wow. like, a shit cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually really delicious. Well, so, cupcake good royale. Changing so minds. maybe... I chose I, poorly. No, maybe I... Actually, like lemon and meringue. Maybe. Maybe I just, I used to not like it. And I have just thought I haven't liked it for so long. And you just like gave me new perspective wow. on my taste buds changing. So thank you. You're welcome. You're a good friend. Do you I want try. me to open that window since I finished my cupcake first? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm just going to eat. Eat. Some dead air. I'm just going to leave it, it in. sound weird and gross. Totally. Oh my god, it's so hot. All right. All right, we're back. Cupcake down. Yeah. Now wine time. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, I, I ended up I ended up feeling uh 
ended up feeling a little strange about the cupcake episode because so many people asked me about the cupcake girl. Yeah. I, I just thought it would be like a fun story to tell, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think that everybody, when you go somewhere like long enough, you know, somebody's going to catch your eye somewhere. Yeah. And I don't think that it's totally weird and, you know, out of the norm to think that somewhere you frequent that someone is attractive there. Yeah, totally. You know? And so, sometimes that results in you getting married, like you and Rachel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is so romantic. Yeah. I'm just a hopeless romantic. I just love the idea of meeting someone that way. Yeah. But I don't, like, project onto that actual person <clears throat> yeah. that that is going to yeah. happen, you yeah. know? Well, and, like... <clears throat> like, I went and said hi just in case. Yeah. 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 And I mean, that's and, and that's fair. I mean, because, like, Rachel... Oh, my goodness. Listen to that. The sirens? Yeah. Yeah. We do live in a city. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to my own podcast that had sirens in it and I freaked out and I hate that. I'm like, there's a siren. I'm like, nope. No, I'm in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't ever notice sirens anymore, I don't think. Really? Yeah. I'm just so like sensitive about background noise I on know. the podcast. Well, I wasn't actually in the bath. That was a lie. Yeah. I just thought it'd be funny. Yeah. I just have to be honest. Do now. you take baths? I, sometimes. Yeah. I love I love a good like mineral salt bath. Yeah. It feels so good. Yeah. You get out and then you feel like Gumby, like you're just so loose. Yeah. Loosey yeah. goosey like yeah. a Gumby. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I love it. I think um, I think baths are a super waste of water but totally underrated and wonderful and great when i broke my foot over the summer i had to take so many baths yeah because how did you break your foot i don't know that's interesting yeah (laughs) (laughs) i woke up one morning and could barely stand and so i just went ahead and walked the mile and a half to my job and then did that for two weeks on a broken foot. And then I finally went to the doctor and they were like, yeah, your foot's been broken for two weeks. What? <laughs> yeah. How? What? How? Yeah. What? Yeah. How? I don't remember this. Yeah. You don't remember? No. Me breaking my foot? I have a bad memory though. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I didn't break your foot. No. 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 I mean, if you did, you I were like a that. fucking ninja. I, and I had no idea that you did it. I just came in the night and <laughs> in, karate chopped your foot to yeah. Oakland, California. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the night man. Mm-hmm. Just coming around to karate chop feet. Um, I, what were we talking about before I interrupted you? Baths? No. Baths. What were we talking about? Hi, Sarah. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Well, I, I haven't even introduced you yet. Introduce me. We just like Shit. started talking. I know. That's because that's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, I've been curious to see what will happen in the podcast because you're like the person that I sit with and talk about sci-fi on my off time. Yeah. 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 Not like this isn't my off time, but you know, yeah. There's like, been so many conversations we had in the last couple of weeks, so I'm just like, I should have recorded that and released it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> we definitely can get uh, geeked out pretty quick. Yeah, when there aren't microphones in our faces, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and even quicker when there are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Sarah. Yes, Jesse. Who the fuck are you? Tell us. Tell I'm us who you are. nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Do you um, do you care if we use your last name? I know you were. I remember you didn't like. Oh no, I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. Okay, it's Lehman. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. there it is. My hair is so blonde it will blind you. No, I'm it's kidding. so blonde. <laughs> it's so blonde. Yeah. Remember you and Winter used to have arguments over whose hair was blonder. Now it's it, we're just tied for blondest. Yeah. Of always. Yeah. But it's not just blonde. It's like white blonde. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be like. 
the light of a star. Yeah. <laughs> covered in snow, uh, released by angels. No, I'm kidding. I have that's no pretty much it. I mean, <laughs> that's, that you that got it? it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So you're, you're Sarah Lehman. Yep. You're maybe the best person. Oh. Yeah. Thanks. And it's not just me who thinks so. The other day I like I saw Audrey. She's like, oh man, Sarah's just like the best person. Oh, that yeah. means a lot to me because I sometimes feel like I can be sort of um, just too ridiculous. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Sometimes I, I feel like I'm just kind of like an, an asshole. I don't mean to be, but I think I'm just like really abrasive sometimes because I'm like. Yeah. I You are, but in like a, like the best way. Okay. Like you're like a. You you would not bullshit somebody, you yeah, know. That's true. That's yeah. true. You you're you're a straight shooter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I like that little head nod that you did. Ooh, ooh, that's ooh. good. That's yeah. good. Uh, yeah, you're like you're the person that I can talk to who makes me feel like the world isn't crazy. Because yeah. I'll say something and then, you know, I'm I have so many friends who play devil's advocate with uh-huh. me all the time. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they believe with what I'm saying, just because that's the type of people they are. Yeah. And they- I appreciate that because it kind of like makes you kind of sharpen your opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But when I say something to you, you're just like, yeah, totally, and this is why. And you just, like, <laughs> get me, man. you just like... Yeah. I, you, I feel like you understand me maybe more than anybody yeah. that I know. Yeah. Can and we high-five that? Fuck yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There's been so many times where I just felt like I was losing my goddamn mind. Yeah. And then I'd talk to you, and I'm like, no. I am mad, and this is yeah, why. Yeah, you know? yeah. It, it's Ditto. Great. I mean, it's, it's nice to have... I don't know, like, it's nice to be validated in your feelings, yeah. you know? And, like, I don't, I don't know, I, th- I think maybe why, sometimes I, I will often say that I feel like I'm just a big asshole because I am really abrasive and I am really opinionated. Um, but I also, like, am, I think I, I, I forget that I'm, like, really non-judgmental and, like, I don't care who people are as long as you're, like, you're a good person. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's something that I learned when I got here was how to be just open to all types of people. Yeah. To Seattle. Like before, I didn't I didn't really have exposure to all types of people mm-hmm. in San Diego. Yeah. There's just a couple of types of people yeah. that you have a lot of exposure to. Yeah. But then I got here, it's just everyone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like in San Diego, you believe one thing or another thing and that kind of puts you into a group. Yeah. Here, you got to spend some time to understand someone to really know who they are. Yeah. And you can't really put them in a group. Yeah. And I love that. I think that's, that's one great. of the reasons why um, I I moved here and I, I love being in Seattle because I felt like I, I also didn't grow up with a lot of exposure to a lot of, I'm from Colorado. Um, and so I didn't grow up with a lot of different kinds of people, but I had that like um, desire to be around a lot of different people. Yeah. You know, like I wanted a lot of different culture and um, just all, just every kind of diversity you can think of. I desired that when I was a kid. I wanted to be no one special, you know, because like huh. when I was like in high school and things like that, like I was a freak, you know, I was. Oh, I see what you mean. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. I was a fag. I was like all this stuff, right? I yeah. had like all these like labels and you know, whatever. Um, but I just kind of felt like I, I wanted to be somewhere where it's like, no one saw that because everyone was a little bit of something, yeah. you know, everyone was a little bit of everything. Totally. Right. So then you, you being yourself makes, 
I, I like no one special is in everybody here is just being themselves. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Yeah. I like, talk about that all the time yeah. about my journey to Seattle. Like, yeah. How, how, when I came here, that's how I felt. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I, I love um, just like kind of blending into the background, you know, I don't mm. know. I just, I like that. It makes me feel comfortable because then no matter like how, I mean, I don't have a lot of insecurities anymore, yeah. you know, I like very little if any actually <laughs> i don't know i That's think awesome. i'm awesome so <laughs> but looking back as like um you know in my teens or in my 20s um you know any any insecurities that i did feel were just gone because i was surrounded by people who were weirdos too and that was like great yeah you know absolutely yeah yeah there's no reason to be like judgmental or to like try to pick any one person out of a crowd because like you just couldn't do it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting that like I think a lot of people don't even know that that's a choice. What yeah. you, you can just move to some place. Yeah. Where uh, there's everyone. Yeah. And there's no. I mean. And I think I to put it in perspective, like you're someone who has like you have you're covered in tattoos. Yeah. You have like a red punky haircut. Oh. Uh, you're someone that in it's Seattle. It's super blonde. It's so blonde. <laughs> it's like. It's like the corona of the sun. Yes. <laughs> uh, and in Seattle, you are like there, there's people. Well, you're not like anyone, yeah. but there's a lot of people who are like themselves in a similar way that you yeah, are. Like I mean, the, having a, a woman walk around with like weird, like, you know, punky hair and like lots of tattoos like that is in itself is not weird. That right. in itself does not like make me stand out. But in certain places, yes, it absolutely does. Yeah, yeah, it, for yeah, sure, for sure, totally. Yeah, when I go back home to Colorado to visit, you know, absolutely. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> How old were you when you moved to Seattle? I was twenty. And did you? Where did you come? Did you come from Colorado to here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did yep. you live in Colorado your whole life before yep. you came here? Grew up there. Yep. What What was your experience when you came here? So it's funny because I was. Just listening to another podcast of yours, and you're talking about the moment you fell in love with Seattle, yeah, right? Driving on I five, yeah, that was this. I'm not even fucking kidding. Same moment, I was like, I love this place. Really, same moment. Just driving in, just yep, driving in, and like you're the going first underneath time you ever saw where it. the um, convention center is on the freeway, right? And uh -huh. There's all that like. I don't know. Like the foliage. vines? Yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah, growing down. That was the spot. That's the spot. That's the spot. And I was like, I love it here. That's amazing. Yeah. So the, the, how I how I came out here was um, I was living in a house um, with some other people. And um, one of the girls that I lived with, her mom was going to take a, like, a weekend trip here. And she bought us tickets. And she was like, you know, do you want to come to Seattle for a few days? It was really just like that. She was gonna, wow. like going to pay for the whole thing. And I was like, absolutely. Huh. Like, because I'll take a free trip anywhere. Right. You know? <laughs> like, I ain't choosy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to go to Sudan for four days? Sure. Let's go. Yeah. You know? Um, How much is it? Free? Yes. Yes. <laughs> if it's free, the answer is always yes. <laughs> um, and so we, yeah, we came here. We stayed at the Paramount downtown. Wow. Um, and I remember. Wait, at the Paramount? Like the yeah, theater? The hotel. Is Across there... from the theater. Oh. 
the Paramount, or I think it's gone now, actually. Okay. No, it's still there. Is it? Yeah, I don't know above, things. It's above uh, Dragonfish Cafe. It's on like okay. 8th and Pine or I something like that. I bike by it like all the time. Yeah. I don't look up, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Look up. Meh. <laughs> when you bike. <laughs> there might be cars. <laughs> look up. <laughs> I'll think about it. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I just like, I loved it. And I just was like, this is where I need to be. You know, it just like, it felt good. Yeah. To be here. You know, um, and up until then, I had never experienced a place that felt good to be in. Totally. I had always felt like uncomfortable or nervous or I don't know, never good. I've never, yeah. you know, this Seattle was the first place that felt good to me. Yeah. Um. So I went home and then I quit my job and I packed up all my shit. And a month later, I was living here. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's even more like, <laughs> I, I was planning on moving. I just didn't yeah. know where to. You just, you weren't even planning on moving. You nope. just came here, loved it and came here. Yep. Again. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Thanks. And then you were here for six years, seven years. I don't, almost 10. Before Rachel and I moved to Oakland. Yeah. Almost yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Well, cause we moved, well, we were, what year is it right now? I don't know. <laughs> 2016. Fuck. 16. Okay, yeah. so we were in Oakland for about three and a half years. Oh so 2013. God. So yeah, I moved here in 2002. Yeah, so I was out here for 11 years. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And then I met you about five and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, I picked the Starbucks I wanted to work at because uh, because Ryan worked there and yeah. because you worked there. And it's like, I want to be friends with these two. Yeah. So I hounded melissa until she hired me and thank god for that moment because right? you know what like i am not a real i mean I'm, I'm a social person i like to talk to a lot of different people but, but I've you never, hate everyone i've never been, <laughs> <laughs> i've never been one to have a lot of friends yeah um and i am sure there's a good reason why but you know like but who know. cares? But yeah, this isn't therapy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. no. Um, and so like, I just, I've never really wanted to like have a lot of friends. It seems like a lot of work to have friends. Um, Interesting. and so like, but I'm so glad that you came to be my friend I know. <laughs> because you, I love you. You're you, like the best person. You, uh, you hated me at first. I did. I, well, love, I didn't hate you. I love this so much. I knew it. Like, I met you. I'm like, God, this girl's rad. I'm going to be your friend. And you're just, you're just like, you're like, annoying. No. no. You're just like, you're too cheerful. <laughs> <laughs> you're too happy to be here. I don't trust you. Quit smiling. And then, like, two months later, uh, you realize, you told me at one point that you realized that I wasn't faking it. Yeah. I was just legitimately yeah. excited yeah. to be alive yeah. at that moment. Yeah. Um, and then we became very good yeah, friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, most people fake it. Yeah. You know, I do. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I definitely fake a lot of mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. but not how much I wanted to be your friend. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 glad that, I'm glad that we are friends. Me too. You're a good sounding board for yeah, me. Yeah, you too, for sure. Yeah. I, one of the most magical times... Of my of my life, I think was right before you moved. When to I kind of lived here with you, yeah, or not here, not but, here. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were watching through Seinfeld together, and you were basically living on someone's couch, mm -hmm. uh, and I 
had, took me in like a stray dog. Yeah, I was living in this place, <laughs> and I I don't remember why I didn't have a roommate at the time. I think I just moved there. It was before I got a roommate. Uh huh. And you you just like started coming over. Yeah. After work to watch Seinfeld and just like li- we would just like lie on top of the bed and watch Seinfeld. Yeah. I this little um, coffee table we'd like put yeah. on the bed and we'd yeah. weave our legs but below <laughs> it and then put the laptop on it. Yeah. And watch, watch Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. 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 And it uh, it was just like this is like magic. Yeah. It was so great. It was such a comfortable. It was such a comfortable time too yeah. because there. I don't think there's a well. I at least don't have a lot of people that I could watch tv in silence with totally you know because silence gets really loud totally. sometimes you know if you're like not with the right kind of people Absolutely. to do that you know yeah um and uh so yeah it was just one of those like moments that really solidified like you like are my best friend yeah you know because we can sit in our jammies yeah totally and watch seinfeld in silence together it, it's it's interesting when you real like because i've you know, I talk about this a lot where I feel like you should have as many best friends as possible. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but to me, it's like a level. Yeah. It's like a leveling up when someone becomes your best friend. Yeah, yeah. It's like what, it's the Mario moment... It's the mushroom, right? Totally. You, yeah. Like, the moment that you would tell your girlfriend you're in love, mm-hmm. you know, that's the moment that you know... It's the same sort of feeling when you're best friends with someone where yeah. it's just like... It, you just realize that it's yeah. happening. You're like, oh, this is it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so great because there's no turning back. And you know right. that, right? And, and you, yeah, why would you? You yeah. don't have to. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's easy, you know? Yeah, and I, I, I agree that people should have a lot of best friends because yeah. you should always look at the best in everybody. And everybody has something to give, something of value to add into your life and to yeah. make you a better person. I think. Yeah, there's like I, I do agree that there's like something of value that everyone brings, mm-hmm. but not everyone is perpetually fun to be around. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even assholes have something to like add to your life, right? If nothing else, than a lesson to be like, oh, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. Get out of my life now. Totally. You know, which I think is a good. I mean, that's a lesson everyone has to learn is how to kick douchebags out of their lives and be okay sure. with that it's hard it's it hard is. to it's really hard yeah i was uh talking to someone about this just today about how it's hard to know when it's time to cut someone out of your life mm-hmm. and it's also hard to know when it's time to push through with someone and you know try to keep that relationship going yeah it's yeah. just tough to know you just kind of have to learn yourself and learn how to yeah. follow your own yeah. instincts well and i think a lot of it too is um when i mean you kind of have to like look at like the cost benefit of your relationships, right? Yeah. Like, what is this relation costing me? What is the benefit that I'm getting back? You know, um, and then and I think that's how you have to make your decision if you are in a shitty relationship, right? And you're just like giving everything; it's costing you more than what you're getting back, right? So knock that shit out. You know, time yeah. to kick rocks. Right. But <laughs> and it's tough like cuz a lot of the times that'll happen with someone that you're still in love with. Yeah. And, or maybe that person is also your best friend. Mhm. But it's still not what you need. I'm still trying to figure out what I need. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, yeah. You you are someone who who's figured out what you need and you found it and yeah. it's awesome. And, and it's been I'm so lucky. Yeah. It was so great for me just to be present to see it happen cuz now I believe that it happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cuz I saw it. Yeah. You know. It yeah. was very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. No, I feel like super fortunate, you know, and I think that a lot of it too. Rachel and I are going to have our 5-year anniversary in July. What? Yeah. 
Yep, five years together, one year married Jesus. in July. It's yeah. so weird. It's so crazy. I can't even believe how, like, we've been friends longer with you living in Oakland than you living here. Yeah. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah. That's yeah. so fucked up. Yeah. It's so weird. But also, I feel like that when you um, can really hold on to relationships uh, through long distance and not, like, hanging out every day, like, right. again, those are the ones that... Those are the relationships that last. Yeah. You know? It was interesting because we leveled up like right before you left. Yeah. Yeah. Because we started hanging out. I think we just, also realizing you were leaving, we just started hanging out a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Because right it was like, left. yeah, it's I like, had to like, I don't know, get like Jesse like build up in my right, brain. Totally. You know? And that's already after, I mean, I mean, you were like, you were definitely like at best friend level for at least a year before that. Like the uh, summer yeah. before. When we that was such a that great was the, summer. the best summer. It was like the best, funnest, drunkest, yeah, funnest summer. You, ever. me, Ryan, Ryan Margo. Margo, yeah, yeah. That's the it's the summer where I literally ran a block naked because Ryan left something at my house. Yes, and I had to get it back to him. Yeah, good friend, good friend. I ended up working at that building like six months later. I was so glad that nobody saw me. Thank God. Do that naked run. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, the moment he left the apartment, I was naked. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh God, he left something here. Gotta bring it Don't back. put clothes on. No. No. There's no time. Time's wasting. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't naked by myself. I'll say that much. Yeah. Well, if you were, whatever. Yeah. I'm often naked by myself. Yeah. Uh, to, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least a couple times a day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For various reasons. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them having to do with personal hygiene. <laughs> or just, you know, mirror time. Yeah. <laughs> mirror time. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that summer was glorious. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And I I think that, um, I don't know. I, yeah, that, that summer was great because it was kind of like we all just needed this like reason to just like let go and just yeah, like have fun. And just chill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it was awesome because that's exactly what we did. Yeah. yeah. We, we'd have like Seinfeld parties where the four yeah. of us would wear pajamas and yeah. Pajama, watch Seinfeld. Yeah. And then the days in Cal Anderson Park where we just lie there for hours because it would take hours for the sun to go down yeah you know the middle of summer the sun goes down at almost 10 o'clock yeah fantastic yeah so we'd get off work we'd go meet at the park and we just lie there yep yeah for hours yep that's the summer that i found love with gin yeah <laughs> because of ryan because yeah ryan yeah. loves his gin yeah good old buddy folks gin is so good um no i was looking at that picture i have the picture on my um entertainment center in yeah. my apartment of me you and ryan and it was that one day that you were after <laughs> you worked at theo yeah and you had your <laughs> my hair net your hair net on and your underwear and that yeah, was and it. that was it and i think i had like giant pink sunglasses oh yeah you had right? your big giant pink sunglasses too yeah, yeah and i gave you a piggyback ride yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just needed some air on my skin yeah, yeah. absolutely uh, yeah and it was great yeah. it's like it looks like we're like some creepy like family that doesn't have any boundaries the way we're all like <laughs> i don't know we're like really culty yeah yeah it's yeah. it's weird and creepy so i weird. love it yeah yeah those are good times i mean my first uh my first couple of years in seattle were i made so little money yeah um and i don't know like i just life just kind of blossomed open for yeah. me when i came here yeah in large part because of you know because of you and ryan just like hanging out with you guys and just hanging the most, having the most incredible time. Yeah. And working at Starbucks in large part too, even though I kind of came to hate it after a while. Yeah. But man, there's no, I think one of the most glorious days of my entire life 
was my last day at Starbucks. Yeah. And Bree scheduled us. So it was just you, me, and Ryan all day because it was a holiday. So we're only open for nine hours. Yep. So it was just the three of just us. Just the three of us. We all wore skirts. We all wore skirts. And ties. And ties. I had my ducky yeah. tie from. Remember Ducky yep. Tie oh, Girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tie I remember. Girl. Yeah. Do you have was, that picture? Uh, I have the picture of all three of us in oh, our yeah, skirts and ties. For sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, my favorite picture is us smoking cigars at the whiskey bar. Oh after my that. god! Yeah. yeah, every time I see that, I'm like, I need to smoke a cigar like right, right now. Totally. It looks so good because it was, it was amazing. So yeah, and then like you brought a skirt for me, and then Ryan didn't have a skirt, but we got a we got one of the the kids that lived customers, in the, yeah, yeah, to go get a skirt for Ryan. <laughs> what yeah. a great day! Yeah, I was <laughs> never so happy to leave a job as the day I left. Starbucks. Yeah, but that's the kind of Starbucks that we ran. Yeah, you know, like customers would come bring in a skirt. Right. For a man to wear on shifts to make sure that we all matched. Because that's important. It is important. Yeah. Like. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Is this man wearing a skirt? No. Get him a skirt. Get this man a skirt. Pronto. Right now. I didn't even know for a long time that you were such a sci-fi nut. Which is crazy because it's like the only thing I love more than. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Love more than myself. Thank you. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. I'm a nerd. Yo. I don't even know when I realized this. Like, I know that you love... I've known for a while that you love the X-Files. I love the X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't... And then I remember I remember finding out that you love Contact, oh, which is God. quite possibly that's the best That's because Carl movie. Sagan is my hero. I think that's when I found out you were a sci-fi nerd, is when when you started talking about Carl Sagan. Uh, and you just and went off And my eyes, like, it. gloss over. Yeah. I'm all, oh, Carl. And you... I mean, He's, you're also you're also a space nerd and a science nerd. You love if, yeah. science. Yes. You love space. You have this amazing tattoo of, of the solar system bursting out of your arm. Yes. It's really cool. Yeah, I do. I love it. And then my other newest one. Did I tell you this one? You did, but tell me again. Um, so me and um, my friend Aubrey Ross, in, um, she lives in California, got these right before we moved back. Um, it is the, the Pulsar map that is on the Voyager Right, that got sent out. It, I mean, it like did flybys of all of the planets and everything, but it, its initial um, intent was to be flown out into deep space um, on the off chance that any intelligent civili- civilization ever finds it. Uh-huh. Um, this is the map to get back to Earth, basically. And so it is like all the known pulsars, the rate at which they pulse. Wow. Right, so no matter where you are, like you can still find Earth from it. That's so interesting. Imagine being in the meeting where people are talking about, well, how could we write a map back to Earth? Um, can I tell you who designed everything on the Voyager mission? Yes. My homie, Carl. Was it Carl Sagan? Carl Sagan had, a, but I'm sure, he, obviously, he's not the only one, but he played a big part in it. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine being smart enough to... To do that? To say, like, I think this is what another culture would recognize. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's one of the things that I love about science is that um you know it is like when when people say math is a universal language like it is like math is the same no matter what no matter where you are like that's a big theme in contact right is that if we were going to communicate with any other civilization it would have to be mathematical or you know scientific but how do we know that i mean how can like i think about stuff like this a lot like if i if i'm in my own body you know and I think certain things based off of being in my own body, mm-hmm. there's really no way to know what it's like 
outside of my body. Well, yeah, because we know there are like there are universal truths. Like gravity. But maybe that's not a universal truth. It maybe is. you get maybe it you is. get somewhere in the galaxy where there is no gravity and no. then you have to completely reassess all of your thoughts. No. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm sorry. I have a hard time with uh, thinking thinking in things that are absolute. Like, it's hard for me to imagine something not being possible because the more I open myself up to, like, everything being possible, the more things present themselves that wouldn't have otherwise. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think that there... I mean, there is a lot of things that are possible, you know? And, like, what the fuck do I know? Yeah. Nothing, right? <laughs> like, I... I mean, I you know a shit ton about the X-Files, and that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do love the X-Files. You want to get on it? You want to no, get on the X-Files No, train? no, I want to no? keep going okay. on this. This is good. So, um, I, like, thinking about, like, seeds. the... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this show will eventually be about the X-Files. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in, like, an hour. Yeah. yeah. But we got time. Yeah. We got more wine. Yes. And a bottle of champagne. Yes. And Andy's mints. Yes. Can I have one of those? Oh, my God. Um, so, I mean, thinking about, like, the multiverse, right? Um, yes. There's... Could be infinite possibilities yeah. of different ways that life um, can play itself out. Yeah. You know? What about this? What if? Okay. So let's let's say that it's given that math is a constant in the whole universe. What if there's an alien species out there that doesn't think of math in numbers? Like, what if they think of math in something else that we just can't comprehend? So their version of math, while it is the same, can't possibly makes sense to us and ours can't make sense to them. What you just said doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. But I don't know how math could be anything else. Well. Besides math. Like, tell me. God damn, Andy's mints are good. They're so good. They're so they're good. They're so good. You know what you should do with those? Hmm. Every when you're leaving for work, you should put one on your pillow. So that, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm totally serious. No, I so believe that you. way when you come home, right? You probably after a while you won't even notice it. You'll forget that you do it, right? Yeah. You'll come home, you'll do whatever, and then when you're getting into bed, you'll have a little Andy's mint to like welcome you to bedtime. I went on a cruise once where every time they did your turn down service, mm -hmm. they'd leave an Andy's mint on your pillow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Every time I come home, I'll feel like I'm on the water. Yeah, yeah. You'll feel like someone just, like, gave you turndown service. Yeah. Why do they call it turndown service? Why do they call it bed-making service or... Man, you just broke my brain. Room cleaning service. I mean, I guess room cleaning service is a thing. But turndown service, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. Is it because they give you the option to turn down the service? You could say no. Don't make up my mm. make make up my room. I always just thought of it as being like we're taking these corners of the sheets and we're turning them down. Down. Oh yeah. Okay. And, and like folding them into like yeah. hospital corners. Yeah. The tuck in. The yeah. tuck in. I have a big problem with the tuck in. Me too. Not it's that I don't like it. That I can't do it. I, <laughs> it doesn't seem possible. I I get into one of these beds and it's like, did you hire an android robot machine? Yeah. To tuck in these yeah. corners because yeah. they're so tucked in. Yeah. Well, it's so tight. I think yeah. that you need bigger size sheets. Hmm. 
So you can really tuck it in. I mean, you can't just kind of tuck it in. You got to like really tuck it in. You know what they should do is they should get like a wedge of pillows, like a shoehorn that just sits in the bed when they tuck it in that you pull out when you get home so that you can tuck in without all the hard work. Yeah. But it's not that hard of work, though, to just tuck in the corners of your sheets. No, I mean, like, when they tuck it in at the hotel and then you uh-huh. have to get into the bed. Oh, it's so to hard. untuck. Yeah. To untuck? Because you have to, like, yeah, you basically, I mean, oh, it's, yeah, it's tucked in so tight you can't get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you're a mummy. Yeah. From, like, your neck down. Right. Like, you're So why don't they alive. just leave, if they could find a way to leave space yes. and still have, like, a perfect thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe air, air bladders are the way that you deflate <laughs> when you get into bed. Yes. Yeah. I I always have to un untuck the the sheets. I always try to get into the center and slide into it. Really? Because the, it's so much hard work. I don't want it to go to waste. Yeah. To tuck it in. I I hate it because yeah. I I need my feet are like my temperature gauge while I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like one is out. You know, Rachel likes to have it the bed tucked, and um for quite a while for like a year I would only tuck her side of the bed. When I made the bed. Really? Yeah. How? You just, you only tuck one side. That sounds hard. No, you just leave half of it untucked. It's like, uh, it's like tucking in half of your shirt. That sounds fashionably questionable. Yeah. (laughs) There was this guy in college who always kept one half of his shirt untucked. Was it like a side half or was it like a front half? Like a front flap of like a button up shirt, you know? How douchey is that? Yeah. He was a bass player. Of course. Stand up bass. (laughs) And he was, uh, he was probably in his like late thirties, early forties. Yeah. He reminded me of the lead singer of Train, <laughs> and, and he always had he always looked really sharp. Yeah. And always had one half of his shirt untucked, so it was very intentional. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe that was like his thing to be like, yeah, I kind of look like a square, but I'm still a cool guy. You know, like yeah. like business guys wearing I think like unfortunately, weird socks. That is what it was, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, but I mean, it's like me and my suspenders at work. Yeah, which are adorable. Thank you. Yeah, I my favorite thing now is my my fish hooks shirt with my whale suspenders. Yes, it's, absolutely. Makes me really happy. Absolutely, because you're not going to hook a whale with fish hooks. No, they're too small. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> that reminds me my other, my other favorite thing about you is that you're obsessed with mini things, <laughs> with little things. Oh my like, god! Whenever you find I love something miniatures. little, <laughs> they're so great. Wait, tell me what you say every time you see something this I can't, tiny. I have to see something. I have to see something miniature. Okay. You don't have anything here. I have... We just have that's not minutes. That's not miniature. That's the size. Now, if it was like, I don't know, like an 18th of this size, then <laughs> I would like... And if it was it was wrapped perfectly just like this. Yeah. Then you'd freak out? Yeah. Now I'm going to eat this Andy's milk. <laughs> you always... I'm going to try to approximate it. Okay. It's uh. Look at this. It's so tiny. It's so <laughs> tiny. Yeah. It's my favorite. You thing. know, sometimes, um, you remember that picture you sent me of you holding that tiny pineapple? Do you remember that? <laughs> no. Oh my God. Sometimes like tiny if I'm feeling pineapple. like a little bit sad, I'll like go through all the pictures in my phone and I'll be like, um, oh, there's Jesse with a tiny pineapple. It's so amazing. I have to see that. I don't remember this. You got to show this to me right now. My phone is closer to you. In my jacket pocket. <laughs> Ugh, show me later. Okay. Um, it's fantastic, though. That's awesome. Yeah. You have this awesome, like, board of miniatures on your wall mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. 
And I uh, and you have my uh, my old shot glass that I gave you. Yep. That, yep. that I, it's the only time in my entire life I've given someone something that I loved that I wanted to keep because I wanted you to have it more. Aww. The only time where I was like that it was like a representation of of uh, our like perfect summer together. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, because you used to steal it I all used the time. To steal it yeah. from you. <laughs> you used to. <laughs> Back yeah. to how I'm kind of an asshole. Yeah, it's totally. Steal you your st- things. I love you. Steal like you would steal like knives and stuff from restaurants and salt shakers. <laughs> especially if there's something tiny, you just had to have it. Yeah. So I had this tiny little shot glass. Yeah. And you're like, it's so tiny, and then yeah. and then I'd come home and it'd be gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be mine. Yeah, and I knew it was you, and then we we kind of passed it back and forth a couple yeah. times. Yeah. But then when you were moving away, yeah, I was so sad, and uh, I wanted you to have it. Yeah. It's the, and I've. I always prided myself on that shot glass. I was like, this is my best shot glass, you know? It's fantastic, yeah. and it's so tiny, But I it's interesting, because it. I, I was so... I used to be really into material things mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, it, you'd find the, the perfect jacket or yeah. something. Yeah, And I've had the perfect jacket for six, seven years, I think. The yeah. same jacket. Yeah. I love it to death. Yeah. But I used to have this irrational fear that I'd lose that jacket. And then... Just because it was perfect? Just because it's perfect. But you get old enough to realize that perfect things come along all the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because having something that you loved, right, and then not having it anymore doesn't mean doesn't that you never loved it. Totally. It doesn't, you know. Totally. And things like jackets wear out. Yeah. Glasses break. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Enjoying things for the moment that you have them and not for the future that you might have with them is the yeah. way better way to go. Yeah. 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 I don't save cards. Like birthday yeah, cards or anything i have i have a couple that are just like yeah i don't know like something like is really funny and then like i have a card that my sister wrote like you stink or something like that and then yeah. which i just think is hilarious so i keep <laughs> it for that yeah i used to save cards and it got overwhelming i had to stop yeah I and then i was like why yeah like my holding on to these cards doesn't mean i don't love these people or that they don't love me totally i used to think that that's what it meant yeah when i was younger yeah. and i had like a box full of cards the yeah. weird thing i the only thing i still keep is uh movie ticket stubs really it's yeah. really random i just keep all of them it's really important to me to keep it yeah because i can go through this box and be like this is the day that i saw star wars episode one yeah. for the first time yeah this is the day where my life changed for the worse forever. <laughs> <laughs> I can pinpoint it. Yeah. I mean, I can also pinpoint it because it's the day the movie came out, but I have proof, you yeah. know, I have proof that I was there. Yeah. That your life was ruined. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that, that that's the one thing that I still have to keep because I, for some reason, movies mean like so much to me. Well, Just like what? It's, yeah. The, the, and I have to keep all the bad ones too because the chance that I could see a movie that could be a life changing, great movie, I have to keep all the stubs. Yeah. Very weird. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I think that that makes sense because, um, oh, and by the way, I don't steal things from restaurants anymore. Rachel kiboshed that pretty, Did pretty she? quick. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. <laughs> I thought that was so hardcore when I met you, which gives you a really good idea of where I come from. Yeah. I mean, I do have a tiny pepper mill. So <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> um, Anyway, no, I think that, um, oh, sorry, I just spotted your Super Nintendo, and I'm totally jealous. Let's play. Okay. Um, I think that it's, I think that it's um, important to save movie stubs and things like that, because we emotionally attach ourselves to film. Yeah. You know? We become emotionally invested in characters and their journeys, you know? And 
surprisingly, they can actually teach you, or not so surprisingly, can teach you a lot about yourself and who you are and, you know, the kind of person that you either are or you want to be or that you don't want to be, you know? And so hanging on to a ticket stub is like a good kind of reminder of that. Yeah. So what's the difference with cards? Because I can't save cards. And I don't... Oh. It's hard for me to... It's really hard for me to save cards. Well, because you don't know anyone personally in a movie. Is that why? I think. I mean, that's why, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to save a card for my mom. I have her phone number. (laughs) I can just call her whenever I want, you know, and talk to my mom. I don't need a birthday card that says, you know... I love you. Maybe it's like the when I go back through when I used to save cards, I go back through them sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's just too emotionally intense. It's like here's so? a message that someone wrote for me, and who the fuck am I? Like, why am I worth writing a message for? Yeah, and it's really hard for me to look through them all. Well, but when I look through movies, it's all like this is this moment where I experienced this adventure for the first time, and it kind of connects me to myself a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can see that. I don't know with. I used to be, I used to save cards and everything because I kind of thought that too of like, this is, you know, like this is the one time that, you know, so-and-so said these exact words to me, yeah to me. Like, and also when you write something down, like you have to think about it. There's, you know, there's planning that goes involved into like writing something down because we presume that it's forever. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, But in my mind, if you, take all that time to think about it and to write it down, um, then that feeling is real and it's there forever too. Like, why yeah. do you, why do you need the card to say it? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. There's, there's something freeing about throwing away cards. Yeah. Like, I feel trapped by cards. Yeah. I feel like I'm being put into a fucking box by yeah. cards. Yeah. Like you give me a card and it's like, we're entering into this lifelong binding agreement in which I own this card. Yeah. And I yeah. don't, I don't want it. It's like that episode of Seinfeld. Which one? The one where Jerry gets... I don't know what season it is. I, I haven't seen it for a while. I think it's season seven, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, Jerry gets a card from somebody, and uh, he holds on to it for like a couple weeks, and he throws it away, but then she's over at his house. Oh, God. And she sees it in the trash. Yeah. You know? And he's like, what was I supposed to do with it? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you just threw it away. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm all about recycling cards. Don't throw them away. That's wasteful. Totally. Recycle them. I wish I could understand why I don't want cards. I want cards. I want people to give me cards, but then I want to dispose of them. Yeah. But I don't know why. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't want cards. I don't want to give them to people. Yeah. I don't want them to be given to me. You know what I want instead? What? High fives. Absolutely. Or hugs. Hugs. Not from like yeah. weird strangers. Or just but sex. Just like. Let's just have sex. Not you and me. Well, yeah, no. No. Um. Yeah. I mean, if you... If you know somebody who will negate a card for sex, definitely have sex with them. Well, why don't we try, instead of giving people cards, just fuck them instead? Um, it's the same message. Maybe, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that you should just have more sex. With people that you want to have sex with, and then yeah, maybe get them a thank you card afterwards, <laughs> <laughs> or high five them afterwards, whichever yeah. feels best to you, or during, or during, if it's going well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> high five, <laughs> yeah, right now, yes, okay, <laughs> that's a pretty good high five. That's very good. Yeah.
All right, friends, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this music. This is me playing Cosmic Child on Drum Machine and Harmonium. I just released this as a YouTube video a couple days ago, which you can find at jessemercury.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week.